Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm Jamie Bronstein, and today I have with me Betsy Russell. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Betsy is an actress and a life coach and so much more. We're going to get into all of the details of her life, and it's going to be really inspirational. So let's start out with a little bio so you can get to know Betsy a little bit. So Betsy Russell began her acting career at the age of 16 riding a horse in a Pepsi commercial. Doesn't everybody? The next time she would ride a horse would be in her first starring role in the infamous 80s teen flick, Private School. Throughout the 1980s, Russell continued to work steadily in television and movies such as Tomboy, Cheerleader Camp, Avenging Angel, and many more. She took a self-imposed hiatus to raise her sons, Duke and Vinny, but was lured back to Hollywood to play the ex-wife of Jigsaw the Killer in Legendary Saw franchise. Russell is a certified life coach from the University of Santa Monica and hypnotist. We'll get into that. Interesting. She describes the best use of her coaching skills as going into maximum security prisons with the volunteer group Freedom to Choose and coaching incarcerated men and women. Russell says, the moments I'm teaching them life skills, such as compassionate forgiveness, is when I really feel I'm making a difference on the planet. Like I said, there's a lot to this lady. (laughs) Yes. So I... My viewers love to hear people's stories. So I think it's important to kind of start with your story, and then we'll get into some questions. So, and I know we spoke before, and you said there's a lot of stories about a lot of different areas. But let's just start with, I guess, tell us just a little bit about you. And obviously, this is called Love Talk Live, so we got to get into those relationship stories. And just take it away. Um, oh, my gosh, there's so much. Well, I was born in San Diego. <laughs> no, um, I don't know where to begin. Truthfully, do you want to? I mean, I got divorced. You know, when I never thought that I would. That was in two thousand one. I had two kids, five and seven. Um, I had been an actress. I took a little break to raise my kids, um, and our love story didn't work out. We both moved out to Malibu separately to raise the kids and um, and he moved in with his girlfriend and I moved out alone and uh, it's just been kind of like a journey that I just didn't ever see coming ever since which is kind of in the way of I got engaged pretty quickly after that to somebody that I had known for a while who had dated a friend of mine and who was still a really good friend of my husband and mine and I had my, my girlfriend's blessings, actually, um, on dating him. And then we ended up getting engaged. He was actually the producer of the Saw films. So that's why I got, you know, I went back to work because he basically said, do you want to work a day on, on the Saw movie? And I said, sure. And that turned into a whole storyline. Mm. So that was cool. And I guess I just kept going with the flow. I didn't end up marrying him. Um, I ended up having, you know, a couple more relationships and dating on and off for many years, raising my kids as a single mom and just kind of like really um, having to surrender to a lot of things that I just didn't expect. But a great thing that came out of being single was that I ended up going to University of Santa Monica, where you went to, and... uh, just started this spiritual journey that I am still on, thank God, literally. 
And so right now I find myself, you know, talking about dating, kind of really being single. I mean, I've been without a serious boyfriend for the past 10 years, basically, um, since 2009. But even then I had, you know, a year here, seven months there, on and off. But the last three years, I mean, the last two guys that I've been in relationship with weren't even a real thing. And that's been like it was just fun. What didn't mean to be fun, no, it just, what I mean about wasn't even a real thing is they just were in my, the epitome of not ready for a relationship. So I always say we've got to learn to say no before we know what we can say yes to. So I feel for me like I ended up blocking this guy, the last guy today from, I've never done that before. And the guy before him blocked me because I was ready to be friends and he wasn't. So I've now experienced this blocking thing, which I didn't even know was a thing. Maybe you're a millennial and you don't know it. I definitely am at heart. But I really feel that I have had so much dating and relationship experience, and that's why I'm writing this book now. So I'm also writing a script, which is my life. Yeah, which is my life story. I'm writing a book. I don't really talk about it because... I feel like when I'm in a good mood and I'm dating somebody I like, I really want to write and I'm super happy. And then when I'm kind of like, screw this whole dating thing, or it doesn't have to be a negative that I say that. Sometimes I think it's good that I say that because it's good to be alone too. And I've really never experienced being alone until the last few years. So it's all good and and it's all just more for you know the spiritual upliftment of, of myself. And I'm super grateful that I'm still around to talk about it. Hopefully I will be for many more years, and hopefully the best is yet to come. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) The best is definitely yet to come. Thank you. First of all. Second of all, what... Kleenex. What? We do have Kleenex. Do you? Can you grab me one? um, Not in this room, but over there. Oh, shoot. I have a wipe. Would you like to... Yeah, I'll just take anything, because I've noticed when I do these sometimes, the whole time I'm like... (laughs) Okay. Like, it should be having a Kleenex, and I might actually have one in my pocket. Sorry to be sidetracking. I do. I have one. I'm good. Okay. And <laughs> I was going to say, yes, we love crying on the show. Oh, I don't cry. I just, for some reason, I get, when I start talking about myself and my life, and I don't even feel like I'm emotional, but I start getting sniffly. It's so weird. But I might cry. You never know. Okay. Because tears are amazing. Oh, yeah. They're healing. <laughs> totally. I'm up for tears at any time. Except it's when I just have right new eyelashes on, which isn't now. <laughs> yeah. Crying gets the sad right out of you. Okay. Getting back to what is your book about? Well, that's the thing. I started uh, just kind of having an idea that I wanted to write my view on everything. So it would be dating, relationships, raising kids, divorcing gracefully, Um just kind of my view, I don't know, my son told me that he had read some book that was this guy's view on everything, and I thought, okay, that's just what I'm going to do. So I started, and now, of course, the most fun thing for me to do is write about dating and relationships. So I have, you know, a bunch of pages on that, and I haven't really gotten into much else. But um, I think there's a lot more to come. But I might just do this as an ebook, you know, for people that are kind of getting back out there in the dating world after being married for a long time or people that don't really understand the modern dating, you know, world because it is so different than it ever was before with all the modern technology and stuff like that. So what would be your first piece of advice to somebody who's just getting out there again, even if they're not divorced, but let's say they're 
28 and they have a breakup, you know, because we, we want to address as many people as possible. So you're getting out there again after a breakup and you're out there. What do you do? Well, see, the difference between 28 and 58 is huge. Yes, it because is. Because 28s are talking to all of their other friends. Okay, so let's address apps. 28 first. So okay. a 28-year-old getting out there again after a bad breakup. Yeah, okay, so maybe she doesn't know about dating apps. Maybe he or she has never been on dating apps. So I literally tell people which pictures to use, how to take their pictures, you know, what to write in their bio, who does, and I do this with a lot of people that I coach specifically. It's like, what are you going to say when you're out there on your first date? What are you going to wear? Do you need a makeover? I mean, this is more for older, but, you know, do you need to, to exercise, just what will it take to make you feel good about you? And what time are you going to want to go on a date? Where are you going to? There's so many questions, and there's so, so many you, answers. You really help people with the technical <laughs> issues, not necessarily. I mean, I'm sure you do this also, but I'm wondering how do you work with them, kind of with their inner life, in terms of how to get back out there, like empowering them and things like that. That's a whole other. <laughs> Um, thing because, okay, like for instance, I did, I did this with my, my sister's best friend who um, she had been in about an eight-year relationship and uh, he was, you know, had been on drugs on and off and she was really kind of in the position of just being his caregiver and she was really having a hard time breaking away from that. And so when I started coaching her pro bono, um, you're welcome, she knows who she is, um, when I started coaching her, she was just in such a bad place because she didn't know how to break away from him. She didn't have any self-esteem. She didn't feel good about herself. She didn't feel good about her career. You know, she was a writer and a producer, but she was also waitressing on the side. So we literally went from A to Z. Z being um, she is now happily married to someone who just, you know, won an Emmy and her whole life changed the way she saw herself in in this you know waitressing world changed i mean it's just sort of a i believe it's all about perspective and if she was seeing herself as not good enough to get a great guy and um having a hard time breaking away from this particular guy then i just help yeah so our outside experiences are a reflection of our inner reality so it sounds like you helped her kind of put it out there change the narrative and walk around the world feeling good about herself so that she could bring in a man. Yeah, except I coach in a very different way than USM now, and I'm very specific, and it's it's something that I do is called three principles. And I, yes, yeah. I know that a lot of, a lot of USMers go into three yeah, principles. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not, it's very specific, and it's mostly about um, living through the feelings of our thoughts. So if we think that we're a specific thing and then that's how we're going to walk into a room, that's how we're going to do our job, that's how we're going to believe and create. And it's all about, wait a minute, is that, are you seeing yourself that way all the time or is it just when you're in a low mood? It's, it's very specific. So yeah, and then I give homework and, you know, they can read stuff and watch YouTube videos and it's very effective and it works really quickly. So, so. would you call yourself a matchmaker also or no? Just like no, I'm not a matchmaker. No, I just have I you coach. ever fixed anybody up? Oh yeah, in fact, I fixed up my brother and my USM sister, and they got married. So I think I'm a good matchmaker, and I probably could have easily gone into that business years ago. I actually wanted to, and I didn't do it. So I went into the coaching field instead. 
And I love it all. I mean, you know, I think that, and I actually do, you know, go on dates with these guys. And if I don't feel it, I do set them up with my friends a lot. That's like, yeah. that's the new thing. A lot of people that's are doing great. that. Yeah, that's great because it's there's beautiful. just not that not? many great people to go around. So when we meet them, it's nice to, even if we don't have that connection, it's nice to pass them along. So Well, I just love the the honesty about it mm-hmm. and the vulnerability and, and just saying, and just staying in your own integrity, saying, you know, like, okay, I, I've confirmed that this isn't good for me, but then it's giving them a gift. Yeah. Definitely, and people do it for me. And yeah, that's that's another interesting uh, topic too. It's kind of like how many dates does it take to know if this just isn't going to work? And how much life experience, relationship experience? No, how many dating? How many does it take one date to know? Does it take two dates to know? Does it take three? Interesting. And and I kind of just observe in myself a lot and think, wait a minute. I, if I know it's a definite no, it could be just because the mood I'm in in that time. And if they're persistent and they, you know, kind of like keep in contact with me for the next week or two, sometimes when I least expect it, I will say, well, maybe we should try one more time or something. And then a lot of times if I'm not sure it's a no, I'll continue a second or a third date. And usually by the fourth or fifth, I'm pretty sure. Then you know, yes. Then I know it's either yes but or no. I, I mean, some of my clients, they have a bad date and then they don't want to do it again and then I encourage them and they go again and it's good sometimes the first one is amazing and then the second one isn't good so it is really important to keep going on yeah and sometimes you need to just take a hiatus like I went on a bunch of dates probably a couple weeks ago maybe four or five in a week or two I can't believe I did maybe it was two or three weeks I went on this date and maybe I really wasn't over this last guy that you know I had to block so maybe it was like I really wasn't in the headspace but now I've taken a hiatus I'm just kind of like I need to chill I don't I don't feel like going out there right now and a lot of times when we do kind of just surrender and just say okay like I'm good Mm -hmm. you know I'm not you're not um I don't like the word desperate, but you're not like you have you don't have as much of a hold and the control over it has to happen, has to happen, and then it happens. Maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll find you never out. Know. You'll need to come back in like six months, and we'll check you in. You never know. Yeah, I just uh, I always think Sometimes, there's something around the corner. I I love thinking about this. Like, let's think about this for a second. Okay, your man, like the the man that you're going to be with, mm-hmm. he's somewhere right now doing something. Like it's five fifteen in LA. Like, where do you think he is? What you, what is he doing? Is he finishing? Is he a hard worker? Is he finishing up work? Is he taking a nap? <laughs> is he in London right me. now? Oh, he'd be sleeping, right? Yeah. <laughs> who knows? I mean, who knows? There's, there's isn't it maybe fun? There's more than one. <laughs> you just never know. I'm saying the next one, which could be. I'm hoping the, the next one or... one's the last one. Yeah. You, I just never know. Okay, so if there's a guy out there. <laughs> <laughs> this is secretly why we took yeah why we have I'm no you know why you know what is the best advice that I can give people that are trying to make a connection with somebody that they see on Instagram or Facebook or whatever the thing that works best best for me because I do get a lot of messages in a lot of different areas right Facebook's that I didn't even know I had pages that I didn't even know I had um, and then I have a couple of my own and then Instagram and of course the dating apps. I get a lot of guys that DM me, you know, the kids say, slide Slide. into the DMs. (laughs) And that is how I started dating the last guy. So I check those. I mean, I I really don't 
talk to anybody that I'm not interested in. So it leaves like one every couple of years, whatever, which is fine. But I do look at those. And if it's somebody that I think I might be interested in, usually it's somebody that saw me on a dating app that I didn't match with and they want a second chance to plead their case. And that's great. It worked last time. And what is your Instagram? We'll get back to it at the end. But what is your Instagram? I am, not I A M, but I am Betsy Russell. That's my handle. Yeah, at I am Betsy Russell. Okay. Very simple to remember. <laughs> Except that I should, it was supposed to be I A M, but I left the A out. Just to, you know, it, to be a challenge a little bit. So the guys, <laughs> they can't find you as easily, maybe. Right. I didn't mean It was to all it. subconscious. Yeah, exactly. She didn't mean to do it. Okay, so let's get into some of the other topics. So. What would you say is one of the most important things, one of the one of the biggest nuggets of wisdom that you have learned from not just one relationship, not but just your whole all of your relationships collectively, one of the greatest lessons you've learned or two? Uh, well, I'd rather put it a different way. I'd rather say what I have learned not from my relationships, but from all this personal development work I've done and mostly with three principles, and I had been, uh, I had read a book called The Relationship, um, The Relationship Book, right, Relationship Handbook, many years ago, but I wasn't, it didn't all sink in until three principles, and I ended up being mentored by the guy that wrote it, George Pransky, and The Relationship Handbook is genius, and the mm. reason it's genius, and I have stuff to back this up, because I'm watching, have you ever heard of a show, Married at First Sight? Yes. Okay, and I've been binge watching it because I'm actually, st I was telling my boys, they're 24 and 26, like, I'm learning so much about relationships and about people because they wow. don't know this. And I'm watching them having these screaming fights at each other. They have absolutely no communication skills, yes. no boundaries. They don't realize that when we get triggered, which means upset, when something hits a nerve from something in the past, we just want to lash out and fight. And most people don't realize that that's not the time to even have a discussion because we're upset. So I've learned now, and I've practiced this in my relationships. I don't, I don't even remember raising my voice in the past five years about anything to anybody. That's good. If I get upset, I will just say, wow, this, that really hurt. I need some time to regroup. And let's look at this. And if this other person wants to fight and keep venting and freaking out, even if it's my kids or something, and my kids know this now, and we never have fought in all these years since we've all learned it, it's like, no, I'm upset. I'm going to say something that I'm going to regret. So if you want to keep fighting right now, don't listen to my tone of voice, and nothing that I say <laughs> is true. It's just fight talk. So if yes. people knew that, like my George and Linda Pransky, my mentors in Three Principles, like, they know that this is not real. If we say anything when we're in this triggered state, it's not like the mm -hmm. truth is coming out. It's this crazy person that's been so upset that just wants to lash out and hurt. So that, for me, is the most important thing. And it may take a day, two days, three days to where you can rebalance and end up talking again about this. I'll give you an example. My, old, my son, Duke, He's my son that I used to fight with all the time. We used to have so many fights every day ever since he was a little kid. We're both, you know, we can be hard-headed. And so um, we were in a restaurant about a year ago with a friend of his, and they started having this little fight. 
and it started escalating. And I mean, once you start doing all the spiritual work, I'm sure you know, your nerves just kind of like, there's just no room anymore for this loud screaming or craziness. It's like, you know, we're very, very sensitive. I don't know how it happened from all the just peace and whatever, but I love it. And so they started fighting, and I was like, you guys stop. And they just kept starting, fighting. And I said, you guys are both upset. You're both triggered. You, this isn't the time to talk about it. And they kept going. And I said, okay, I'm going to leave if you guys don't stop. This isn't getting us anywhere. And they kept going. And I was like, all right, here's the money. Goodbye. And I left. And my son, he didn't even try to talk to me about it for three days. For three days, he knew that I might still have a charge on it, that I might still have some upset about it. And three days later, he's like, mom, can we talk about the, the restaurant experience and I said sure and he said well this is what happened I just want to let you know I'm really sorry but it really had a positive outcome we talked it out we understood why you left but I just wanted to let you know I really learned from it and I was like okay that's mm -hmm. awesome so if we could resolve all arguments like that and just talk when we're at peace and when we're ready to talk we're not going to say anything to hurt each other I know that was long-winded but I think it's so important so important and what I'm hearing from you which is really the nugget, is that you don't want to fight from your ego, you want to have a conversation from your heart. Because when you're upset, it's all mind and it's, it's anger, which nothing wrong with anger, but when you can tap into like doing that process and tap into like what am I really upset about? Okay, that's not what I meant though. So when we first say something and it's not an ego, it's just that we're taking it personally and it's just hit a nerve. So we're having an emotional reaction to something that was just said. And, and we're going to have that until we don't, until it's just like time has passed or we've thought about it or recuperated or we're in a good place and we feel good and we're seeing out of a happy lens now. Because it all depends on our mood. If we're in a right. low mood, we're looking out of a gray, crappy mood and nothing is going to be feeling or seeming good. But if you notice when you're happy, you're like on a run or you're in the shower or you're meditating or you're relaxed or you just got some good news, like there are no problems in the world. But when you're not happy, even the tiniest thing can seem like a chore. So, right. so it's kind of like it's not your ego or your heart. It's just like I got triggered. That hurt. That didn't feel good. And I'm going to need time to recover to where I can talk. And usually... You don't even need to talk it out anymore because once we're not taking something personally, it's like, hey, that was no big deal. I know you didn't mean it to hurt me. Your intentions weren't bad. It just hit me wrong or it landed wrong and I got upset and I didn't want to say something I wouldn't have meant. That's all. But it's important to go through the process of resolving the issue so that it doesn't happen again. Nope, not all the time. If you read the relationship handbook, oh, you'll see. This is good. We yes. have like two different ways of doing this. 100%. You'll see that this couple had a whole day where they were told by the coach not to, they were nagging and fighting all the time they were going to break up. So they went to a coach who said, do an experiment where you don't nag for a whole day and see where that leaves you. And they had all these things that they wanted to get out and they wanted to talk about, but they didn't. They didn't say anything. And they liked it so much, they did it a second day. And they liked it so much, they did a third day. To where they finally just said, you know what? They realized my happiness comes from inside of me. It's yes. nothing out there. If you leave all your shoes and your bottles on the counter, that's going to bug me. But if I'm happy from the inside, it's not 
going to bring me down. I could be laying on the beach one day and be having the greatest day of my life, and all of a sudden I have a thought that is going to freak me out. And if I believe that thought, I could just ruin my whole day, my whole night, the next day, the next day. But if I realize that that thought isn't true, it's just a made-up thought because all of our thoughts are made up, it's like my job to either follow that or not. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's about owning, like, I love what you're saying because I agree that it's never about the other person. It all comes from within. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that we still don't get triggered and don't get upset and don't take things personally, but it's all not reacting, but just sort of like observing and chilling until we're ready. And sometimes we need to talk it out, but like I said, that would be coming from when we're in a good mood and we're in a good place. And nine times out of 10, we're going to say, guess what? Don't really need to have that talk. It was no big deal. I was just in a bad mood. So that for me is the most, something that I could teach everyone. Identify your thoughts. Do they make you feel good or not? And if they don't, let them go because none of them are real and identify the mood that we're in. And that's the difference between happy people and miserable people, people that don't understand. It's our thoughts bringing us down and it's our moods. Yes, and we have the power to make the shift and a shift in perspective. Yeah, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's like, this is all I have right now. I feel crappy, and I'm not going to even try to get out of this crappy mood. Right. I'm just going to ride it out. After you, I always say, just feel those feelings. <laughs> just go through whatever you need to go through. If you need to spend a day at home watching mm-hmm. movies, eating pizza, yeah, crying, mm-hmm. yeah, feel those feelings. Because um, I, yeah. I remember growing up, like sometimes my mom would be like, just get over it, get over it, and move on, you know, onward. And that never resonated with me. Like, mm-hmm. I always felt like I was honored myself, and I was just like, you know, I need to take my time to mm-hmm. go through whatever I need to go through. Um, maybe that's how she lives her life, but I really honor myself, and I honor everybody and encourage people to yeah. go through whatever process you need to go through. Yeah. And then when you're ready to be like, I'm making that shift, I see the light. Yeah. Like, I know what to do to make myself feel better. You know, I can watch I Love Lucy. I can go to the gym. I could go for a walk. I could call one of my kids or a friend. I know what is going to make me feel better most of the time. But it's my choice. Am I ready to go there or do I want to have a pity party? And if I want to have a pity party, I do. It's, sometimes it's fun. Yeah, like, it is. I, I used to eat donuts. I used to eat a donut and ice cream after every breakup. It's like not a big deal. I buy a little thing of ice cream and a little donut. And one time, I think I bought two donuts, and I was like, gosh, these are so good. And I was ready for the ice cream, and I was like, I'm full. I can't even eat it. And I was like, who have I become? My pity party, I can't even eat all the stuff that I would normally love to buy. So, I mean, love to eat. So, And I love a good love song. I was telling someone the other day, I had this breakup in college. And it was right before I went to Jamaica with my friends. And Jamaica's supposed to be so fun. And I was like, this sucks because I'm so sad. And then I started, like, walking up and down the beach listening to the sound, the soundtrack. Um, like, Chicago's greatest hits of all of those depressing loves, except for you're the inspiration. A lot of them are very depressing. But for some reason, it, like, made me feel better. And so from then on, I love a good depressing love song no matter what. Wow. Good to know. Yeah. So check out Chicago whatever it was called, their greatest, there's like 10 amazing songs. I'm obsessed. I'm also from Chicago, but that's <laughs> not why I like them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Get it. 
Okay, so before we get into, I have a few questions about um, your life coaching. I I just told you pretty much everything. No, I'm kidding. That was um, well. We're gonna get into freedom to choose. So I did have a question that I do love talking about. I love asking people this question. Do you think that there is one person for everybody, or no? But I feel like there's more to my question. So. Not just... Can I answer that part first? Because I've always been bad lately. I'm afraid I'm be embarrassed. I'll forget the rest. Oh, yeah. Do I feel like... Because um, I went off my hormones. Okay. <laughs> we can talk like, about hormones. Yeah, later. Uh, do I feel like there's one person for everybody? Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I know a million people that... Not a million. I know maybe five people that have been together for so long and super lucky in my opinion that they are it's you know the universe or god that put them together obviously god but it's like they got married and they stayed married forever and that was great and that was their love story would it for me was there more than one person that i should have or could have been happy with and stayed with maybe i don't know the answer it's only what i think in that moment and it always changes no i don't think there was only one i think i i married somebody that I was happy with, but we had problems, so we broke up. So it's like because the problems, you know, outweighed everything else. Yes. But um, is there somebody else for me? I like to think so. I hope so. But what I would like to offer to you, and, and this is what I love talking about. So my question would be: it, My question is, do you think? Do you feel like you married your soulmate, and then there's another soulmate out there, or do you feel like the guy that you married really wasn't your soulmate, and you haven't met your soulmate yet? That's my question. I don't. And maybe you don't know. I don't have any. I mean, did I feel like it was like I was perfectly content? With by the way, people I don't that, know if it means soulmate or not. I, I people that get married that are soulmate relationships are are not necessarily perfectly content at all. They have issues, but it's just somebody who you feel like you came to this earth to be with. That's I feel I don't really put it in those terms. That's probably what I'm trying to say. I put it in the terms. I don't I don't just say like, oh, you're my soulmate. I think we have so many soulmates. I think my kids my are question. my soulmates. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's just a romantic soulmate because I, I feel like I probably haven't met my romantic soulmate yet. I mean. That's my question. Yeah, I do. I feel like I haven't met him yet, him or her. Just kidding. <laughs> you never know with me. But, um. I so now, if there are any ladies out there, Instagram, <laughs> slide into the DM. You yeah, haven't had any luck with the guys. Okay, so, yeah, but I just think that there's so many people that sometimes I think that we don't even have more than a one-second relationship with somebody. We just smile and give them a look, and maybe that could be all that person needed to, to change something in their life, or maybe it was like a friendship. Or So that's more to my answer. I feel like I'm challenging myself now to to really keep my eyes open for this guy out there that for me yes oh good because this is this is um now I'm like ooh, now I really want to find you your guy especially because you live where I'm from not that I'd move down there but it's also a possibility you never know okay well I'm gonna put the feelers out could move part-time put the feelers out yeah yeah and maybe you guys will move like in the middle or something yes I love I love Newport And now, current, there's a guy who's living in Newport. You're already living there. There's so many that I, I talk, or I don't really ever end up talking to them, but I, or maybe a couple messages back and forth on, on different apps that live down there. But I'm weird when it comes to actually meeting. I actually face, another thing back to the dating thing, I, I recommend FaceTiming before you meet somebody because you can tell a lot 
in that. And especially because, hey, I don't want to sound weird, but a lot of people would just want to meet me because maybe they've watched me growing up or something like that when they were kids, and they just want to meet me. So I, I don't meet anybody that I'm not excited about meeting, and I learned that a lot over FaceTime. Yeah. I think that's good. And then, yeah, definitely better than a phone call. Yeah. Um, however, they look like in the phone. end, it's that energy that's yeah. there in person. No, you can tell a lot on FaceTime. I swear. I know you can tell a lot. And, and actually, the more that I know about spirituality, I suppose you could feel an I've energy. I've hypnotized people over the phone. You what? I've hypnotized people over the phone. Oh, no, I believe, yeah, that, I believe so a lot of do. these things can happen. Yeah. But thank you for bringing this up because I... I didn't know that you could really, you could feel that connection on mm-hmm. FaceTime. So you've had a positive experiences with that. Oh, God, yeah. I've had positive and negative. I've been doing this a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I always say to people that you, when you first are getting to know somebody, or it's the first interactions, the first communications, the shorter amount of time before you actually meet in person, I think, the better. You mean the shorter amount of time that you talk before you meet them or I don't get Yeah, that. like you don't need to like talk and no. FaceTime and text for three months. Like, no, I have one FaceTime. I have okay, a couple good. messages and then you one meet. FaceTime. Okay, Otherwise good. why all that wasted energy when good. you probably won't even connect anyway. Exactly. So, so get in person as soon as possible. Yeah. First FaceTime if you can. And then I mean I can't tell you how many guys do not they're just nothing that I would ever consider and they are so different from their picture. I right. almost feel like it should be where they, I sometimes have said, send me a video if you don't want to FaceTime. Because okay. they can see all my videos. They can see everything on me. There's millions of things on the internet, but I can't see one of you. Like, that's not fair. I uh, See, I'm helping these potential guys out there that you might meet because I have a few male clients and I've looked th- through their pictures. And for some reason, a lot of times I, I tell them they look like a murderer and that's not a good look. So no. they take down the murderer mm-hmm. picture. And these are wonderful, amazing guys that smile and everything, but yeah. they're like serious or something. And I'm like, you look like a murderer or a rapist. And so like, yeah, yeah. let's change that picture. If there's five good Put pictures. Put a picture of you and your mom in there. Yeah, I mean, like I say, if there's five good pictures and one bad picture, no. You'd rather have two or three good pictures than a bunch of, you know, bad pictures on there or even one bad picture, so. Yeah, and don't put on pictures that are from... 1982. I do. Or literally, my pictures are pretty much from the, that month <laughs> or the last few months. Oh, I thought you said from the month of 1982. No. <laughs> no. Well, and you're wa- any guys out there, you're watching the show now. So I do have a phone number here. I'm not sure if this one actually comes in here, but I think it does. If there are any guys or anybody who just has a question out there, feel free to call 818-570-5085 and... It'll either work or not. Yeah, you can try it. Um, I usually don't announce this number because there's always so much to talk about, but I just felt inclined to just announce that number. So feel free. Okay, so now I would love to hear about your experience with Freedom to Choose, which is working with people that are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And because um, it, I haven't done it yet, but I, it's definitely something I want to do. And mm-hmm. I know that it is life-changing for people. So... Yeah, and that's why I really don't like to talk about it too much, only because you, there's no way to explain the depth of the feeling of coaching these inmates who are, you know, in there mostly for life. And, you know, uh, it's just to hear them get up and 
and say, you know, I, this is the first time I've ever admitted that I murdered, da, 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 da. I mean, it's, you can't even explain it. You can't say anything. It's, it's unbelievable. It's such, it's service that, ugh, it makes just coaching people out here, you know, seem like, ah, that's nothing. And I don't want to say it like that because everyone's problems are the same. We all feel like they're going to kill us at times. But these people really, I mean, they hold on to everything like it's, you know, they practice everything we say because that's what's keeping them alive, you know. And they say, thank you for not forgetting us because everyone else has. And thank you for making us feel human again because you treat us like humans. They're people, and, yeah. And they're just... Um, it's a it's an incredible experience. So if you can, if anybody out there can um, donate or get involved with Freedom to Choose, I completely would recommend it because it's incredible. And I think that used to be that you have to be USM graduates, but not anymore. Anybody can do it. Yeah. And so they're all in the round. They're around California, different areas of California, mostly okay. like yeah. north. Yeah, definitely north. Yeah. Yeah. Where so. I went. Yeah. So I think Valley if you State Google prison. Freedom to Choose Chuck or Freedom to Valley State choose. Prison, yeah, freedomtochoose.org, something like that. Definitely. Yeah. And you could watch the Freedom to Choose 20-minute documentary, oh, which yes. won Best Documentary at Cannes like 10 years ago. But that will give you uh, a lot of insight as to what goes on there. Yeah. And I've just I've heard stories of inmates who just say a one-liner or something that comes from their heart to a volunteer, and then it changes their lives. Oh yeah. Because when you go, you you do trios, so you are the client or the or the sharer. You get to be the facilitator and then the neutral observer watching. And then you switch. Mm-hmm. So it makes it all makes it so human because they're not the o- they're not the only ones sharing their stories basically. No, no, and we we get so much more than we gave for sure. I mean, <laughs> somebody even named their grand daughter after me and my girlfriend I mean it's crazy we did make I went quite a few times and and I haven't done it lately but quite the impact and uh, like I said it really is the place where I felt like I was doing the best service work of my life and where I could make the biggest difference Mm. yeah love it yeah okay well so if there's not anything else you'd like to add we can wrap it up with you telling people how to get in touch with you Okay, so I have a website, which is also IamBetsyRussell.com, I and the letter M, um, Betsy, B-E-T-S-Y. Like instant message. Yeah. <laughs> instant message. Uh-huh, and so they can message me there, and they can also DM me on my Instagram. And uh, I've, you know, coached people through my website. I've coached people that have reached out to me on Instagram, um, lots of different ways. But, yeah, I'm a life coach, and I coach mostly on the phone, um, and that's pretty much it okay well yeah. thank you for coming thank you today for me. and as always you can reach out to me at the relationship expert.com and this was great and yeah. I will be keeping my feelers open so you might <laughs> see her back here with her man you never know for the interview of the relationship <laughs> the next time around so thank you so much have a great night bye and happy new year again people keep saying happy new year for whole month. So happy new year. Happy new year. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein.